You're listening to Chronicles of a Band Book Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us again for Chronicles of a Band Book. My name is Jillian Peterson and I'm writing solo for the very beginning of this podcast episode. My apologies, we had some technical issues and I don't know how, but... um. We lost the first part of this, so you'll hear Dave Hawks at kind of towards the end as we conclude the finale. You can find me on social media at Jillian Haley, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-H-A-I-L-E-Y. You can find Dave at Dave Hawks. So before we get started, I think maybe one of the reasons that uh, we lost the first part of this episode is because it was happening around the time that Dave got his nose pierced. So just to give you a little background, um, this episode was pre-recorded because Dave is now in school and he is getting his education, trying to work hard for the money. And so it's just me here at the grind. Dave had asked me several times about me getting my nose pierced. And it's been about 10 years since I got mine done. And I'm not the greatest source of information, but I was trying to help out. And he had told me he was interested in getting his own done. I think that's really cool. You don't see a lot of guys with nose piercings these days. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know where you live, but I don't. And I think it's kind of edgy. It's unique. It's different. And so I was like, go for it. Um, So the day before we recorded... He had been texting me and said, you know, I might get my my nose pierced tomorrow. I'll let you know. I was like, all right. And day of, sure enough, he said, if I come in early, will you go to the parlor with me? Get my nose pierced. Absolutely. So we go to the tattoo parlor. We're sitting, waiting for his turn in line. And a lovely woman in her late 50s, probably early 60s, runs in, grabs a guy at the tattoo parlor and is begging him, please help me. My nipple piercing just closed up. Yeah, so we got to see that lovely awkward moment. And then Dave was called into the chair. He consulted with a guy for a while and came out with a single tear in his eye and a brand new piercing. He's he's a real man now. He's tough. Um, and I'll insert right here a little interview with Dave about his nose. So Dave just got his nose pierced. Yep, it happened. How you feel? Um, punctured. <laughs> okay, the word, let's just, let's just say this. The word pierced is a too dainty of a word for the reality. What just went down? Of what just, ha- what, of what happens in general. What would you call it? I don't know. I, I want to say penetration, but I know it's not a good word Stab to use. Stab to death? Yeah, so like a body, yeah, a body hole. You can see pictures. We have pictures of his piercing. We have pictures of him in the chair, all that fun stuff. On all of our social media profiles, which are at Band Chronicle, you can find him on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So just go to them all. Give us a follow. We need some love. We still need to grow. And uh, yeah, so let's get started with this story so we can conclude this sucker. So basically what we've done is... We've gone through the situation where Esther's found out her people are in a lot of trouble. 
Mordecai really pushes her to go ahead and do the right thing and speak to the king about it. She gathers up her bravery and she goes in and has this banquet for not only the king, but for Haman, who actually devised this whole plan to kill the Jews. And King Xerxes, being the husband that he is, is kind of a character for him, honestly, but I like it. I'm down with it. He asked her, what do you want? You know, I can tell you need something. What is it? I'll give it to you. She has that surprising response of, come to another banquet with me tomorrow. So that was kind of where we left off. And it's just a, a weird response. You know, you expect her to, to go ahead and beg for help. And instead she says, I'm going to wait another day. Well, what a difference a day makes. And I'm sure you've heard that saying before, but I mean, I'm pretty sure they grabbed it out of this story. It's it's crazy. So that night, basically, King Xerxes, he cannot sleep. He has insomnia. He's tossing and turning in his bed. He just, it's not going to happen, which is interesting because, you know, wine tends to make you sleepy. And for him, I guess it doesn't work anymore. So anyways... What does a guy who loves himself go do when he can't sleep? He goes to his library and reads through the chronicles of his life. Yes, there are people who are scribes and they're writing down all these great things that Xerxes is doing. And to calm his nerves to help him sleep, he likes to read about himself and, and his accomplishments. I guess that's relaxing. So he's flipping through the pages and he notices something. Wow, um, this guy Mordecai saved my life, and I am not seeing anything here about about this guy being rewarded. What What's going on here? This guy has to be rewarded. He saved my life. Well, meanwhile, in the other part of our story, we have Haman, who has gone home. He's in high spirits because Esther has not asked him to one banquet with her in the king, but she's asked him to two. So he is feeling on top of the world until he realizes that everyone is bowing to him again, except for, yeah, you guessed it, Mordecai, his mortal enemy by this time, his nemesis. He's furious, goes from a high to a low in about 0.5 seconds. He's fuming. He heads home and he sits down his wife and he's like, I don't know what is going on with this guy, Mordecai. He just refuses to bow down to me. Do I not deserve all of this attention and recognition? Yes. I work hard. I'm awesome. This guy should be bowing and he's a little twerp and won't do it. And his wife says, well, I've got a great plan, which A, this lady is a psychopath because no one just decides that this is the plan. It blows my mind. It really does. Um, she goes, why don't you just kill him? Build a big impaling pole right here next to the house in the yard. It'll be a nice addition to our flowers, our bushes that we've planted. And yeah, it'll be great. It's nice. It's like way better than a lawn gnome is a big impaling pole with a dead body on it, right? Yeah. Heyman's like, absolutely. That's a great idea. And so for most of the night, he's spent time dictating for this impaling pole to be built. He feels a lot better. So... Just want to pause one more quick second to say, what the heck? I mean, what what husband comes home and complains about something like this? And then the wife is like, yeah, let's just murder him. That's that's a perfect solution. That that alone blows my mind. Like, how about why don't you go talk to Xerxes or why don't you go talk to him about it? No, nothing logical like that. Just kill the guy. So anyways, Haven's been up all night. It's been a late night. And um, 
he decides to go ahead and go to Xerxes and tell Xerxes that he has this plan to use this pole to kill Mordecai, and he's going to tell him why. And so he he's feeling a little bit better. You know, he's mad, but his spirits are a little bit more lifted. There's something about, you know, impaling poles that really just makes some people just get giddy. <laughs> Screw candy and and chocolate and all those things. I mean, who needs that when you can just murder someone? So he's headed to Xerxes, bursts through the door with his great idea. But before he can open his mouth, Xerxes turns to him and asks him a question. Because you see, Xerxes has just realized that Mordecai has saved his life. And so I would pay so much money right now to be a fly on that wall to realize that Haman has no idea what Xerxes is about to ask him, and Xerxes has no idea what Haman's about to ask him. They are very opposite things. So Xerxes says, Haman, what would, what should I give to the man who deserves the king's honor? And Haman's like, heck yes. As if this day could not get any better, Xerxes is going to honor me again, because let's be real. I'm a great assistant, and I'm pretty sure it's World Assistance Day. So he says, you know, it'd be really cool if the person could ride on your horse and, um, yeah, and wear your robe, your royal robe, and and um, for everyone to bow down to him at the gate and, and say, worthy is he, the man who deserves the king's favor. And so Xerxes says, that's, that's a great idea. I like that, Haman, because the whole time Haman's thinking this rewards for him and this is what Haman wants. Well... The next words out of Xerxes' mouth are not what Haman expected. Xerxes says, go and make sure that this happens for Mordecai the Jew. Haman's mouth drops to the floor. I bet his jaw must broke. <laughs> his mouth opened so wide. Like, what? And so here you have the king who is commanding Haman to honor his mortal enemy with the one thing he would have loved to have had bestowed upon himself. Now that, my friends, is revenge in the sweetest form because it all happens without any Mordecai doing anything. You know, it's all orchestrated behind the scenes. It's amazing. So that's what Haman has to do. And he does it. He does it. Um, so obviously plan, his plan is kind of foiled at the moment. And uh, before he can think of a new plan, hey, it's time for the banquet. We got to get to this banquet with Esther and King Xerxes. So obviously Haman's had a bad day already. And um, my friends, I'm here to tell you, it's about to get way worse. And so what happens is they sit down for their banquet. Xerxes got his nice glass of wine. He's enjoying his meal, munching away. Meanwhile, I'm sure Esther is nervous as all get out because she knows this is the day when she's going to reveal some pretty big secrets to her husband, who's basically an unpredictable maniac. I'm sure she's just shaking. I would be. And Xerxes says the same line to her that he said before. Queen Esther, what is it? Even up to half of the kingdom will be given to you. Well, that's definitely reassuring. <laughs> and I'm sure that's what prompted her to go ahead and go forward. And so she very sweetly tells him, King Xerxes, if it pleases the king, will you please save my life? In the lives of my people. Now, Xerxes, I'm sure, is shocked. He did not expect to hear that from his wife. I'm pretty sure he's like, what are you talking about? Like, 
am I, I'm totally, I am definitely missing something here. I need some elaboration. So this is kind of where we pick up off of where uh, Dave was not, is now with me. And um, we can kind of roll into what was already recorded. So without further ado, I give you the finale with the ever so great Dave Hawks. Yeah, so this is the first time that anyone even knows that she's Jewish. That's huge. Yep. That is game changer. Game changer. But she asked to spare her life before she told him. Right. She's right. a genius. But then she said, and my people. And the people, because right, right, she's about to go people. murder all those Jew, that yeah. huge Jew place. Yeah. So the king is like very quick with this. And he's like, now he's mad. Like, just like that. Wow. He's mad. He's inf- he goes, enraged. Yeah. He goes, raging. who is he? Where is the man who has dared to do such a thing? And then Esther turns to Haman. She points her finger, and it's like wavering in the air. <laughs> the adversary and enemy is oh, so he's not Haman. mad at Esther. No, he's mad at him. he's, ma- he's mad, mad at, at the Haman. fact that somebody threatened her life and her people's lives. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's ticked. He's like, oh, oh good job, Xerxes. Who be talking about my hottie wow, like that? Yeah. Don't talk about my woman like that. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, she points to Haman and she totally throws him <laughs> under the bus. Haman's got. And Haman's just like this drinking wine. I bet he just like Haman. swallowed really fast. He's like, mm, I'm sorry, like what? That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds. He's tricky. Like his eyes are huge. He's done. So yeah, over. it says the king got up in a rage and left his wine. <gasps> okay, Xerxes has given up have, his drink. We have never no, that's seen serious. this. Like normally he'd just bring his cup with him. Yeah, he just like grab it and kind of bring it along. But no, he's like, I'm done. I cannot. <laughs> there is nothing that will make more important. I mean, if I was Xerxes, I would be like so terrified because I'm you like mean Haman. I've never. Or, yeah, sorry, yeah. Haman. Yeah. yeah, I'd be like, I've never seen Xerxes do this. I just give up. Ever. I just lay down. <laughs> yeah. Whatever's going to happen. <laughs> Surrender. Yeah. yeah. We have the white flag. So here's the thing Haman's trapped because Xerxes is in this garden, right? And you don't, really don't want to go with, out there. With that fuming king. <laughs> no, 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 no. And Esther is in the room, and you can't be in, no man can be in the same room as Esther unless you're a unit, oh, right? So, like so a he rock literally has place. nowhere to go. Wow. So what does he decide to do? What probably any of us would would do? He goes to sit on the couch and sulk. Except um, Esther sitting on that couch. Oh no! And right when um, he sits down next to Esther, the king walks in and goes, "Will he not even molest the queen while she is with me in my house?" Oh dear lord! So yeah, <laughs> what is happening? So he's like, "You threatened to kill my woman, and now you're going to try to molest her." Uh-uh. Even though Haman uh-uh. was probably not. Uh-uh. He's not. Uh, yeah, that's probably the last thing he's thinking about. Yeah. So um, he like calls for his people to come in and, and gather Haman up. Gather him up. And one of his sweet, sweet men says, hey, so we just noticed somebody was b- building this huge impaling pole. Yeah. You know, right by Haman's house. It's, it's not so used. convenient. Yeah, it's not being used. We could, we could do that. We could use him. And so the king says, hang him on it. Oh, no. So uh, that's the end of our dear friend Haman. Haman died. Yeah. Impaled on a stick. And so you may think to yourself, well, that was a good story. That's the end of the story. Someone died. It's all good. The bad guy got his, you know. The story is definitely not done. so far from being done. No, because we still have all the Jews. We have this law that was written in stone. You cannot change it, right? You can't fix that. 
So now we and have now to figure out. And now the king knows that he's about to murder his wife's people. Right. Yeah. We have to find a loophole. How are we going to figure this out? Like now. Mordecai. I feel like Mordecai is the key to this. Is that right? I mean, maybe. All right. I'm taking a guess. I, I know you have a, a liking to Mordecai I do like Mordecai. in his name. I do like Mordecai. Maybe that's what you should name your new nose ring. Mordecai. Mordecai. <laughs> it's happening. Mordecai is in pain right now. A little Morty. <laughs> yeah. So... The good thing for Mordecai in this is he gets honored. Um, oh, yeah. He still has to get, like, celebrated. Yeah. So he gets Haman's house. He gets Haman's job. Oh. He gets Haman's ring. Gotcha. The signet ring of the king where oh, he can make any nice. law he wants. Yeah. So now he's got to figure out, how do I use this to save my people? Hmm. Look at him being all... So Heroic. the king says, we can't we can't undo my first decree because whatever I write and seal with that ring cannot be wrong. But here's what we can do. I can write another decree that says all the Jews can defend themselves. They can kill, destroy, and annihilate any person who comes near them. Wow. You can plunder those people and take all the spoils for yourself. Wow. So it went from the Jews not being able to fight defenseless, uh-huh. they're going to die, now they're to the king saying, to you fight can back. fight for yourself. Okay. So it's not great. It's not a great solution, what but it's a solution. Like, what if was just like, I'm going to go take you out, but I'm just going to send one guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, and then like, that I would've... technically tried to kill you. Where were you when my... all this was happening, Dave? More... Yeah. You and your brilliant mind. Really I would have really helped him out. So, okay, here's the thing to, the to thing? keep in mind. We're going to go back 500 years again. 500 years. We like to go back. We're going back in time. <laughs> so the Jews have been having some trouble lately. Oh, man. And, and the reason for that was Agag, as we talked about. Remember yes. him? Agag. The ancestor of um, of the of Haman. Right. I could not get that out. I'm so sorry. That's okay. And then you have... Um, the ancestor from the tribe of Mordecai, which was Benjamin, right. and Esther, King Saul. Right. So King Saul's told, hey, you need to go kill all of the Amalekites. You need to destroy them. Yep, gone, gone. Because they they took advantage of of us. Right. They took advantage of my people. Mm-hmm. We need to teach them a lesson. Yep, God, God those, has told that. They broke that. those holy, holy rules. Yep. Yep. Quint, look at you. I'm on top of I don't, I I don't, I don't want this history lesson. Let's I just, remember let's just scoot along. I'm, I'm reading along with you. <laughs> okay. I'm so engaged in this <laughs> I new tell. story. Leaning on your elbow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so anyways, um, God tells Saul, annihilate these people, but this is a holy war. And so there's some rules in holy wars. First, you finish the job. Second, you never take any spoil or plunder. You walk <gasps> away. Okay. So you just leave one it there. Done. Yep. Gotcha. And so Saul not only broke one of these rules, but he broke both. What? So he didn't finish the job. He didn't finish the job. And he took the plunder. And he took all sorts of goodies for himself. Unacceptable, Saul. He was like, "Oh, piece of candy, piece of candy." Yeah. He took them all. He's just taking candy from them. Yeah. So here's the thing: Esther cannot change what has happened in the past, but she can sure as heck have control over what's happening in the future. Exactly. So that's what she does. She she wants to finish this whole genocide, this whole. Um, all these issues between these two tribes. Mm-hmm. So, King comes up to Esther. He's like, "Hey, things have been going good. Gave Mordecai this house. Nice. Haman's dead. Nice. So you, how you feeling? How you feeling about this new law I made?" And Esther says, "It's it's been good." And and he's like, "Well, is there anything else that I can do for you?" And Esther says, "I want one more day. 
I want the ten sons of Haman to swing with their father on the gallows. Wow. Because that is what happened to Saul and his descendants. And it should happen to Haman and his. Dang. That is harsh. <laughs> wow. She turned from this sweet little orphan girl. Ch- Hang them all. <laughs> yeah, she's like, kill them. Wow. Okay, so that let me, so let me get this straight. So the reason the Jews are even being persecuted in the first place is because 500 years earlier, Saul, who is the ancestor of all the Jews, he went to war and God said, you need to do this. And then he broke both of those rules. Mm-hmm. And because he broke all those both of those rules, that's why the Jews in general are in trouble. I've had all this I- these issues. And yeah. Esther is the descendant of Saul. Right. And, and so she was like, well, because this happened to Saul and his people... Well, because he didn't finish the job, right, you got he got people like Haman. Right, he got, and Haman came back. So then we're like, hey, we need to fix this. So we need to do this, these, this to Haman and his men, and then everyone will be happy. I mean, was everyone happy? I wouldn't say everyone would be happy. I mean, but it worked out. Okay, it worked out. Okay, everyone's not. <laughs> she's got to kill. You know? She wants to to destroy the whole lineage. That's of, fast, yeah. Of those. Guides or whatever. So the king says, fine, take the sons, put them on impaling poles, give the Jews another day to defend themselves. And um, Esther never took any plunder oh, from so that. And neither did rule. her people. Wow. Yeah. So, whoa. Crazy What a massive story. change of character. Esther was Wonder Woman. She really was. Like, for real. She really was. Mm-hmm. I feel so, like, empowered. So, yes, go women. I hope women. someday I get to marry a girl like Esther. I hope you do, too. I just hope she doesn't murder me first. Yeah. You know well, what I'm saying? Hopefully you're hopefully not. Hopefully I'm not like Haman. A descendant of Agan. I don't really have the choice of who I'm a descendant from, but I do know that I will not be like Haman. <laughs> okay. That's all I know for sure. Okay, that's good. You're not going to annihilate all the Jews. I will do my best not to. We have heard Dave say, <laughs> officially, <laughs> he will do now, his best. I shall not annihilate the Jews. Not to. Because it would be wrong. Yeah. So that is the story of Esther. That's just long. That's all of that's it. The, yeah. You got to have the details or else you it's not near as good. Otherwise, it's not really a fun story. The dirty, dirty deets. The dirty right? details. Yeah. So Although, thank you. The oh, saying oh, is the oh. devil's in the details. So oh. that hurts us. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love how you always just I just want to. I like to play both tighter. sides. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But the details are definitely what helped these stories. Come to life. Agreed. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for that positive end note. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's been the story of Esther here on the Chronicles of a Band book. Follow us online at Band Chronicles on Twitter and Instagram to get updates. Also, leave us suggestions of what stories you think we should be telling as we continue to go through these Chronicles of a Band book. Mm, We're going to go now and let poor Dave and his nose recover. I'm going to let my nose go heal. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 